Thank you for listening to the Football Index Club Daily Podcast. This podcast is designed to provide you with a brief update on what's going on in the Football Index stock market every single day. To improve your returns even further, then check out footballindexclub.co.uk where you will receive instant access to highlighted players, trading advice, databases, and also analysis on the players of your choice. You can use code PODCAST50 with a capital P to receive 50% off your first month. Hello and welcome to episode 242 of the Football Index Club Daily Podcast. Today I have Kevin, Index Moneyball, on the pod. How are you doing today, Kevin? I'm doing all right. I couldn't catch any of the football, which is a bit of a shame, though. Yeah, I didn't watch the Arsenal-Liverpool game either. Um, I saw the Aubameyang goal. That looked pretty good. And I watched a bit of the Rennes-Montpellier game instead. How was that game? Well, I watched like the majority of it. I missed about the last 20 minutes or so. Uh, so I didn't actually see Kamavinga's goal or the boards, in fact. But it was all right. I was holding a player called Adrian Hunu. I bought him just on the announcement that he was starting at around 49p or so. And because I just thought he was really cheap. And I knew that he'd scored eight goals last season because he was sort of on my radar. He was actually one of the players I highlighted last month from Football Index Club once the 5x IPD announcement came out but anyway he within like 30 minutes and it was actually in the space of two minutes he hit the post and then he hit the crossbar and it was the most frustrating thing because if those chances went in he would have done like a 40 percent return in in play dividends oh wow yeah that's pretty crazy yeah it was so frustrating so now his spread's opened up and uh I'll have to hold him for a few months, but that's okay because Rens are actually in the Champions League as well. So I think him and some others are pretty good holds, but they've got like Mbai Niang there. They've got Serhu Garassi. So they've got some really good forwards. I'm not sure how much game time Huno will get. Uh, but yeah, I've been really enjoying the in-play dividends lately. Have you been doing much trading over the last few days? Um, well, I sold most of my uh, Maxwell Corney shares just on Friday. When they were Did you sell them to the market? Yeah, I managed to sell them all to market, um, and I, I bought some back for 15p less after the game. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's nice trading. Um, I've been able to do that with a few players over the last few months, and I think it's a really profitable strategy. I mean, I picked up some Ferran Torres today and yesterday at around £2.30. On the day that the move went through to Man City, I was selling him to the market at around £2.80 or so. So it can be very profitable if you get a timing right in the minute. Um have you bought into other IPD players lately? Um, I don't really buy anyone specifically for IPDs. It does, I, I guess I'm kind of hoping that they could pick some up. Lacazette's one that I've been trying to buy a few of. I, I think he's either going to move, in which case he might win a bit of media, or if he plays for Arsenal. I know he wasn't even in the squad today, so he, he may be more likely to move. But I just think if he, uh, if he gets a couple of games when they start the season, he, he might grab a goal or two. Well, yeah, it's pretty cheap. And I think at the moment, we're seeing a lot of demand for Liga Earn players and Liga Earn IPD players in particular. But a lot of the Premier League sides also have two or three fixtures under the IPD promotion. And I also think the marketing campaign will lead to a lot of Premier League players rising in price. You said that you managed to get some Steven Bergwijn. What price did you get him at? £1.42, which I thought was an absolute steal, but... Yeah, I think that's a good price as well. I'm not sure if he played today because Tottenham did have a friendly. I didn't check up on the teams, but he played in that last friendly. So he seems to be fit and playing again. And he looked good before his injury. So I think he could be a good hold. And 
his market price is around £1.80 and you're getting him at £1.40 via the matching engines. There are opportunities out there. As I've just said, I got throwing Torres at a considerable discount on his market price because I just think he's good value um, via a matched bid. And then there's a few other Premier League players that at the moment I think look good value. James Justin, I was watching the Wednesday versus Leicester game. I watched that full game today. Uh, obviously, I'm a Wednesday fan. But I was looking out for a few players as well. And James Justin in the first half in particular was definitely a standout player. Second half, he wasn't so good and I actually bought him at half time. But I managed to get some matched bids in that to around 99p or so. And his market price is £1.30. I think there's some speculation that he won't get so much game time because Ricardo Pereira is coming back. But Leicester were playing five at the back. And Ricardo, uh, sorry, James Justin has played at right centre-back before. And he can also play at left-back. And so he could replace Chilwell at left-back or he plays at right centre-back. So personally, I think he's going to continue to play in that Leicester side just because I think he's so good. And I don't think they're going to want to have him on the bench too much. So that was another player I picked up today. Yeah, another one I was buying was, uh, I, I texted you about it yesterday, Rafa Mir, and then you just you replied saying that if you just said my tweet, because you just tweeted about it. But, um, <laughs> yeah. He's a player who I highlighted to my Patreons um, yeah. last year. And apparently Wolves have had 30 bids from different clubs for him. And although I don't think he's going to be like a PB machine, I just think he's really underpriced if he ends up playing in a PB team. Yeah, I think he's got a good chance. He was linked to Atletico Madrid not long ago when I highlighted him. I highlighted him on the site 21 days ago now, and he's already up over 30-something percent. So a good rise there for any Football Index Club members who managed to get on him early. And obviously anyone who got on him via your Patreon channel as well, I'm sure he's done quite well on him. Uh, but yeah, with the in-play dividends, I mean, he could be a good hold just getting a goal or two because the in-play dividends now is... They're 2p for a goal, and he gets two goals in a game. He's doing almost 10% of his price, and there's a decent chance he'll get well, there's a decent chance he'll get two goals within 30 days at some point throughout the season because it looks very likely he'll be playing in a PB league next season. Yeah, obviously, if you're buying him at that point, I think I don't, I don't know when the German and the Spanish and Italian leagues are coming back. I don't think they've announced yet, have they? I don't think they've announced the fixtures, but I believe they're all coming back late September. Or I think La Liga may even be resuming the same day that the Premier League resumes. But for some reason, they've not announced all of the fixtures yet, I don't think. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, but I think he'll probably end up in Spain. So I don't think he'll have a huge amount of IPD eligibility for me. But mm. I, I don't mind because if you look at today on the squad players I was looking and seems like if you were getting anywhere near the pitch, you were getting a huge rise just with having the potential. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's other players out there, like in the sort of sub-50p market, who aren't really being looked at by the majority of traders. And the thing is with this dividend increase, all the money at first will always go into the more obvious players. Um, but... Obviously, the increase gives value to all players throughout. As long as those players have an actual chance of earning either in-play dividends, match-day dividends, or media dividends over the next few seasons, then, of course, they're becoming massively more valuable as well. And so it's only logical to see rises throughout the markets. And I've been buying some Federico DeMarco. Have I spoken to you about him before? You've not. and You did mention him the other day, but I, I've not actually seen him play or heard of him even, to be honest. Yeah, he's a weird player because I've been following him for quite some time and he's never really, he didn't really get any game time at Inter because he's on loan from Inter Milan uh, and he went out to Hellas Verona and he didn't get much game time there either because they play five at the back and they've got uh, 
I think it's Marco, is it Darkovic or something like that? Anyway, a really good winger there. And he's like their best player and he plays on the left wing. And that's where Federico DeMarco would play. So there wasn't really space for Federico DeMarco to get into the side. And he actually played his last two games at left centre-back uh, as part of a five at the back, but he was on set pieces. So he hit a base PV score of 190 in a game where they lost 3-0. And that just stood out to me as someone who's got real PV uh, potential. And he also actually earned some matchday dividends towards the end of the season as well with like a 220 or something PB score. He got two assists. Uh, and he just provides, provides a crazy amount of crosses, mostly because he's on set pieces. So he was one I picked up and got him around... 45p or so and he's only like 22 and he plays for Inter Milan I think it's most likely that he'll go back to Hellas Verona on loan or maybe he'll go on loan to another side but if he gets on set pieces then to me it just looks an absolute steal Yeah, it seems like the transfer market's definitely hotting up now as well so I was saying to you before we started there that Oscar Rodriguez has gone to Sevilla and has joined the top 200 Yeah, I know it's that I've been really enjoying that rise because I've got quite a few of him and I highlighted him as part of the FIC 11, which I created earlier this month as well. He was like my main central attacking midfielder. I think going to Seville is massive for him. If he can really take that Benega role and hit, hit the high PB scores, then he's going to rock it next season. And he's obviously already increased quite a bit recently. Are, are you on him? I'm not. Uh, it's someone I wanted to get on about a pound. I was looking mm. at him and then he started going up and I uh, got bitter and didn't bother. <laughs> I should have yeah. still, still got on him, but I do think he's a good player and I think he, he's got a lot of potential for winning some PV. Yeah, definitely. I kind of missed the bit on him a little bit as well because when I was buying in and out of him for ages, I mean, I was on him. He was one of the first players that I bought that really rocketed up in price like a few years ago. Um, it was around 80p, but I don't know if this was pre-share split, but I remember him giving up like 30% on one match day and I was really happy about it. Uh and then I've kind of just monitored him since. And it's just his like free kicks and his long range shots, which is so attractive. And then he's hit some good PB scores as well. Also notice Musa Barrow continue to rise. If you still got all of your Barrow shares. Yeah, he's one of my favourite holds. I'm not letting go of them yet. <laughs> not letting go. What sort of price do you reckon you'd let go of him? Honestly, for Barrow, I think... I feel like he's got the potential to be like a £5 player if he fulfils his potential. So if he has another season at Bologna, which he's signed for them permanently now, mm. I feel like he, he could potentially score 20 goals and uh, win PV like two, three times. But he also could not win any PV and score five. So it, I just, I'm happy to take the gamble on him because um, I think he's got another big move in him next summer. So I don't mind holding him for the year. Yeah. Well, it was a small sample size, but I'm pretty sure if he did score like the amount of goals they did per minutes in the second half of last season, then yeah, he would be like a 20 plus goal uh, player. I've not really looked into the stats, but I'm sure he scored like 10 goals in, I don't know, 10 to 15 games or something silly like that. Um, so yeah, he's got massive potential, but it's always difficult to judge the sample size. And obviously the smaller the sample size, the more difficult it is to extrapolate that and predict that that will happen again in the future. And I guess with like 10 games, it's, it's hard to predict. Uh, but of course, as you've said before, he's really shown a lot of PB potential. And I actually had his PB scores up just a minute ago because someone was talking about, talking him down a little bit on Twitter um, because he hit a really good PB score against Lecce 
um, who are like a really poor t- team in Serie A. But I went on index game just to have a look who else he'd hit his high PB scores against. And he hit a 2-5-6 against Roma. And, you know, Roma, obviously, a really good side. So I think he's got massive PB potential. And I wouldn't be too surprised to see him win dividends two or three times next season. Uh, but obviously, it's just whether he can continue that form, which he showed at the end of last season. And also, you never know, like, with a team like Bologna, if they're going to have a good or a bad season, because they're maybe not. They're, they're kind of like a mid-table size, and some of those sides can, you know, go, go on really poor ones of form. Yeah, I think that's going to be crucial for how well he does, is how how well they do in the transfer market, I think, and how well they perform at the start of the season. Yeah, definitely. They've, they've got some good players, though, Bologna, uh, especially for flat football index. Uh, Paul Gar, Paul Gar's got a really good dividend yield this last season. Like, he's, really overlooked, something like 20% plus. He's um, a Fiorentina, Paul Gar. Oh, fucking hell, I'm talking bollocks, aren't I? He was at them the season before, weren't he? And then he moved. Yeah. But they, they've got Orsolini. He's, he's a good player as well. Yeah, Sansone, Orsolini, uh, Palacio. I've watched them a few times. I, to be honest, Barrow to me looks a step above everyone else in that team. But um, when he's playing well, he's just very hit and miss. Some days he's like a ghost on the pitch. It's like he's not even there. But I think young players, you've got to expect that, really. That's good for football index, though. You know, that's the thing. You want players who are hit and miss and who on that day are unplayable. And that's how you earn match day dividends. You know, you need those peak PB scores. It doesn't matter if he has five bad games and he goes on to hit a 250 plus PB score that's okay from a football index point of view yeah and that's definitely the kind of player he is because he takes free kicks and penalties and corners so I think he sometimes takes penalties I'm not sure if he's always the number one taker yeah but he'll definitely get braces and that's I think what he got against Roma when he won top forward yeah, it was. And uh, and game-winning goal, I think it was. But yeah, I think he's got a lot of potential. It was funny because I was looking at Orsolini and just mentioning that he, he does play for Bologna. Uh, but yeah, no, and his PB scores, a lot of them were over 200. And I think he hit some really high PB scores last season as well. But for some reason, he never earned much day dividends. And because I do these like play reviews daily, I'm probably doing about four or five a day. I find so many players who have earned decent match day dividend returns. Uh, maybe they've earned dividends like two or three times and they've hit three PB scores over 200 or whatever. And then you'll find other players who've hit four or five PB scores over 200 and they have never earned much due dividends. So I do think there is an element of luck involved in football index and that can really influence the dividend yields and people predict future dividends based on the past yields and how much players have earned much due dividends in the past. But I think it's probably better to look at the PB scores rather than the dividend yields overall. Yeah, I'd say I usually look at scores over 200, scores over 150, um, and peak score. Yeah. And then, but it, it's almost like with Kimmich, everyone last year was going on about the fact that he kept coming second as if that was a bad thing because mm. he would have won. All those seconds could have been first and then he would have been, you know, £10. <laughs> so yeah. it's a pretty ridiculous kind of argument because the fact that he's consistently getting them scores means he's obviously a good hold. Yeah, well, he, he had the most PB scores over 200 last season and he was always going to end up earning dividends at some point. It wasn't, he wasn't always going to come second. Uh, because the thing is as well, there were so many games where his PB score would have earned match day dividends on that match day. So he's hitting like 220, say. And then say he hits a 220 on the Saturday, comes second. And then on the Sunday, it's also a gold match day. 
and the top player hits like a 2.15. You know, that's what you got to be looking at. You got to be looking at what PB scores needed to match their dividends and try and figure out like the percentages. And I don't know, I've not looked into all the data, but I'm pretty sure there's been some match days, some gold match days where the top PB scores has been less than like the highest PB scores like Kimmich is here, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So... Yeah, it was almost inevitable. Uh, but at the same time, when everyone kind of came out and like marched onto Twitter to celebrate and really hype up Kimmich, that didn't really make so much sense to me either. Well, obviously it made sense, but it was a bit like, yeah, he, he needs to be earning dividends. Like he's a five pound player with very, very little media dividend potential. He's not that young anymore. He plays at like the best team in the world. He needs to be earning much the dividends. So that's why his price is at five pounds plus. Yeah, and I think coming into this year, I don't hold Kimmich, but I'd say if I if I was going to buy Trent, for example, or Kimmich, I would definitely rather have Kimmich. Although that's probably a very unpopular opinion, but with the Bayern's potential and Germany's potential next year, and then at the World Cup as well, I just think he's a really solid hold. Yeah, I think he's solid from a matchday dividend point of view, and I don't think. Bayern or Germany will get much worse. I don't think Kimmich will get much worse. I think, if anything, Bayern could get even better next season. Uh, obviously, Lewandowski's not the youngest in the world, but they've got like Sane to move over. Alfonso Davis coming through. They've got some really good players there. So, And he could also be moved back to defender, and that could actually be a good thing for his price too. Yeah, and I don't think it really matters because his scores are high enough to usually compete for even the star man on most days. So, yeah, he's got a really good chance of earning dividends in the future. Um, I'm not sure who I'd rather have, Trent or Kimmich. I've kind of put my money into Kimmich, but if I was to ask myself who's a better hold, I'd find it hard to say. Nico Williams played today for Liverpool, but apparently didn't have a very good game. Um, but I just don't know how much, how, how dominant Liverpool will be. That's the main thing for me that kind of puts me off Trent. And I also think, like, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a difficult one for me. Um, I, I find it hard to predict how Trent's going to do in the future. I don't think he's as safe a hold as some people think he is, but I do completely agree, based on what we know about him at the moment and based on his past dividends and based on his past 200-plus PB scores, he undoubtedly does look unbelievably good value and he looks like a player who should be bought but it's just I don't know if what's happened in the past is going to happen in the future if that makes sense yeah and I'm saying that with Kimmich being half his price like I'm not saying that he's worth more than mm. Alexander but I just think he's a better value at that. in terms of his return at the current price yeah. I think Kimmich will return a higher yield but Trent could easily run up to £15 as well and I don't know what I, I do think that they mirror each other though I think if Trent went to 15 I would say Kimmich would go to 750 so yeah, I think Trent's got more potential to immediate dividends, but I don't think he will earn immediate dividends often. And then the other thing is, obviously, he's like, I don't know, four or five years younger. And in terms of value, that that's probably why his price is uh, so much higher, because people are predicting that the dividend returns will increase even further and that he's going to return more of his price throughout his full career. Yeah, it's funny, though. If you look like a 24-year-old versus a 27-year-old or something like that, it doesn't really matter that much for the price. It's um, it's only when they're 23 and under, I think, that it seems to, the younger they are, the more they cost. Yeah, maybe that's because people are 
counting on football index to increase the dividends further and further in the future. But I actually think dividends will increase less and less as we get into the future. Who knows? I, I definitely didn't expect them to do what they did this week. So <laughs> do that every week, we're doing all right. But how old's Kimmich? It's not like he's going to be retiring anytime soon. He's, what, 25? So Yeah, he's 25. Three years, if you bought your shares now at 28, I don't think he's even going to be declining in price and expectation of retirement. So if he keeps banging in the dividends like he has done, then yeah, that's a very risky hold. for. And obviously, Alex Arnold isn't either, but Alexander-Arnold isn't. Yeah, I think overall, I think they're, they're both good holds. Um, saw some talk about Mbappe on Twitter today. It had a lot of retweets, a lot of likes, a lot of love for Mbappe. Uh, it was a thread based on why he's hugely undervalued. And I, I, I did like it and I retweeted it as well because uh, I don't hold any Mbappe, but he's got like the highest rating on Football Index Club, I think, or second highest after Sancho. Um, but one of the things I liked about it was the game-winning goal percentage because I wrote pretty much the exact same at the start of last month from one of my blogs. And it was about how out of his 23 goals last season, only three were game-winning goal. And 13% game-winning goal is by far the lowest amongst the main forwards. And so this tweet was basically saying how he's likely to hit high PB scores next season because he's going to get more game-winning goals because PSG spin rates around 81%. And also how he's probably going to earn more media dividends in the future with the global expansion as well. What's your opinion, what's your opinion on Mbappe? Because his, his returns over the last season have been terrible. Um, based, like, his dividend yield has been awful over the last 12 months. I think he, it's, it's a pretty big gamble just because all your assumptions have to come true for you to be making a good purchase. And if, you, you know, if all those assumptions do come true, then it doesn't mean you're making a great purchase. It just means that it's, it was justified. Mm. You know, it, he, he basically has to be winning PB as much as Neymar or winning media pretty regularly if he was to justify the price, I think. Yeah, I think over the next 12 months, Mbappe will earn more in match day dividends. I'm really confident about that. I think he probably will earn more media dividends. I think, especially after speaking soccer index on the podcast recently, I think he's a good hold from a media perspective because the media dividends really do add up over time. And I think he could gain a transfer over the next few years or at least gain some transfer speculation. So I think that could be massive for him. But I'd also say, and I did say on the podcast with James, I think he's a good hold. Um, and I do think he's a good hold. But I do think his price at the moment is already based on the speculation that his PB scores are going to improve massively next season. Um, because otherwise his price would be really low because obviously his PB scores over the last 12 months, haven't been that good for a player that price. Yeah, like, I guess the thing that I'm thinking of is what what has to happen for his price to rise significantly. Say for him to go to £15, how much does he need to win in PB and how much does he need to win in media? And what's the increase from last season? He basically has to, like, drastically increase just to be increased in price a little bit, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a difficult one because... That would make sense, and that does seem logical to me. But I think once he starts earning dividends, his price will increase dramatically, even though he should already be earning dividends at his current price. Yeah, and I agree. Just because of the the increase in dividends, like look today, like I said, if you got anywhere near the pitch, you were getting a rise in price. Like I think Amina Gore went up 6%, and he's already risen a hell of a lot recently. Yeah. Uh, didn't really do anything to justify a rise of 6%. It was just because he was playing. 
yeah, we've seen some massive rises today, um, especially amongst the young French kids. Like, Ideal, I would cheat, he's up 24p. He's risen about 50p this week. Eduardo Camavinga, he did have a good game, scored today. He's up 20p. Is, is he top of the match day rankings or is he second after Dolberg? Let me have a look. He's on a 204 at the moment. Dolberg's on a 149. Dolberg's really not suited to the PB matrix at all because he doesn't really get involved in games, but he's really good in the box. So he, he tends to get in front of defenders and he's got like really good attacking awareness. So he, often his goals are just like one touch finishes or headers, but he doesn't really get involved in games. So he needs like a brace or a hat trick with a game winning goal to earn match day dividends at the very oh. minimum. He got a brace today in a 2-0 win. So that's a pretty horrific score for a, for that. Yeah, exactly. A 1-4-9 with a two, in a 2-0 win. It's like, has that game finished then? Yeah, well, I think so. Yeah, yeah. it has. It has, yeah. Two goals. Did, did he, Let me have a look. Did he come off early or something? He came off. I'm going to have a look what minute he came off. He came off in the 90th minute as well. So he's played like a full game, got two goals, hit a 1-4-9. He's gone up 17%. So, yeah, he's going to earn 20p and then play dividends. But that actually shows to me how little chance he's got of earning match day dividends in the future. I'm pretty sure the uh, 10p IPDs doesn't start till the 12th of September. No, the in-play dividends are on at the moment, but it's the match day dividends that aren't. I thought the changes in the dividend table doesn't start till the 12th, and at that point it'd be 10p and IPD, wouldn't it? No, I think because the 5X IPD was already on, they just... Oh, shit. So is it 5X still at the minute? Yeah, but it's just not 5X ah. times. Yeah. So he's he's going to get 10 peel together because he's got two. And he's got top forwards. Right, so he's going to get 12p. Yeah, which is not a bad return for a, a player of that price. But before we were talking about Rafa Mir, Casper Dahlberg was the player I was thinking of as a similar comparable player. He's a year younger, Dahlberg. But if Mir just scores goals and doesn't really contribute in any other way, then he's kind of a similar player. Um, yeah. And he actually played for Huesca today in a friendly rapper, Mir. But I'm pretty sure he's still on loan and he's supposed to be going back to Wolves. Yeah, that's, that's weird. Wait, he played today for Huesca? Yeah, so I don't know whether he's gone back on loan there or if they've signed him permanently or something. Yeah, I was I was researching him earlier today, but I just he just said that he was on loan still from Wolves. I'll have a look on his transfer market now, see how long he's on loan for. But yeah, you're completely right about those in-play dividends. I can't believe I missed that. It seems weird to me now that all these players have rose so much for in-play dividends. Like Gaetan on the board, bought him the other day at 50p. He's up to 69p today. But he's only going to earn 5p in in-play dividends, which isn't actually that good a payout to justify like a 40% rise in just a week, you know? Yeah, definitely. And it looks like Mir actually went on an 18-month loan in January, so he's he was already supposed to be on loan for this season, which means he's going to be playing in La Liga, so... Yeah, yeah, I've just had a look as well. He's on loan there till June 2021 then, so he's definitely going to be playing. And because he's at Huesca, that means he's going to be getting game time because he finished the season really well for them. He's got like eight goals in about 10 games or something silly like that. Yeah, and they've got a pretty interesting team, actually. They, they came top in the... Well, Liga 2, whatever yeah. it's Yeah, I guess the problem is like that league. And I also think this is true of the other four PB leagues. The teams that come up are often pretty weak relative to like the top 10. Whereas in the Premier League, I think the teams that come up are usually pretty decent. Like, look at what Wolves have done over the last few seasons. Sheffield United had a good season last year. 
Um, you know, they, I, I think overall the teams that come up in the Premier League might be a bit stronger. And you actually see that if you look at the, I'm pretty sure if you have a look at like how many goals they concede across the other leagues, they concede a lot more than the worst teams in the Premier League. Oh yeah, I, I definitely think the the best teams or the or the, the worst teams in say if he took the relegation teams from the Prem and put them against the relegation teams from the other leagues, I think they would destroy him. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. Absolutely. But he's still got a chance of earning like in play dividends now and then. And especially against like the bottom ten sides there. Uh, if you can get eight goals in the Segunda division, I reckon he's gonna get a few goals next season. So yeah, he could be a good pick. I don't even hold any of him myself. I held him once, like a long, long time ago, but I've not bought into any since. Uh, so maybe I should buy some. Uh, I'm just going to go over a few other players that have risen today. Get your thoughts on him. Donny van der Beek, he's been linked to Man United today. Up 41p to £3.6. It's a bit of a strange one, that one. Like, I'm a United fan. I, I definitely would take him, but I don't know where he would play. Do you, do you need him? I mean, if they're thinking of buying Grealish, I'd rather have Donny van de Beek for thirty million than Grealish for seventy-five. Hmm. But I just, I just don't know where he's actually going to play. I don't watch Ajax that much, so I'm not. Sure. I thought he was an attacking midfielder, and Bruno Fernandez has been playing there, and he's got an incredible injury record. So I don't really see him fitting in the team. I'd say we need a defensive mid more than anyone. Yeah, Van der Beek, from what I know of him, is an attacking midfielder, and he's really good at sort of getting in the box and finishing he's a really good finisher he just he reminds me a little bit look I've not watched him enough to really form a judgment but from what I do know of him and the analysis that I've done in the past a bit like Frank Lampard in the sense that he's always sort of getting into dangerous areas in the box and getting goals but I also don't think he's as much of a playmaker as maybe like Bruno Fernandes or De Bruyne he's not always demanding the ball and dominating the play so maybe you could just sort of come in and getting in amongst that box now and then, or maybe even play a little bit deeper. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but I don't think my United necessarily need him, I don't think. Well, yeah, and I just, I'm trying to think, I don't I don't think they're going to drop Pogba or Bruno, and I don't think they're going to drop Rashford um, or Martial, and I don't really think that the, the bake is a right winger, so, or yeah. a defensive mid, so <laughs> I don't see, unless he's just playing the games that, Bruno Fernandes doesn't play, but at the end of the season, Bruno Fernandes played every game, I think. Yeah, and I guess Man United are always having players linked to them. If there wasn't as much enthusiasm and sort of hype in the market to the moment, there's no way that Van der Beek rises as much as he has today. Um, and I guess that's the main thing. It's just about the timing and trying to judge a player's value when there are times where the market's on fire. Because... At the moment, there's going to be players that hit prices, which, well, as I've said before, I think almost every player is like good value. But relative to other players, Van der Beek may not be the best value now, but he's risen because there's so much hype and excitement in the market. And so maybe he's not the best hold. Obviously, if he goes to Man United, he's going to rise even further. But what are the actual odds of that happening? And as you say, he's not necessarily going to even fit in there and it doesn't really seem that likely that he's going to go but maybe he'll go next week and he goes up to like five pounds really i think he's i think his sell price or his in, like your bid price is now half is now twice the amount of frankie de Jong. so yeah which i think is pretty crazy because i think if i was choosing based on the current prices i'd rather hold frankie de Jong. 
it's the media though. If he goes to Man United, he's going to be earning a crazy amount of media over the next few years. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's a big if because I just don't really see why we need it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. If he doesn't go, then it'd be crazy for his price to be that much more than Frankie de Jong's. So it is, it is risky. It's just a gamble, isn't it? It's a bit like Messi. I mean, Messi's price is really, well, it's dropped a little bit, but his spread's really opened up again. Yeah. So after the announcement this week, what was your strategy in terms of what players you were looking to buy? Well, for me, I was kind of just buying the players that I already thought were good value. I also went for a few in-play dividend players. Um, and then a few players which I think have a better chance of earning match day dividends next season. So I'll give you some names. Like I went for Andrew Robertson because I really liked how we had 15 goal contributions last season, no game running goals. And none of those 15 goal contributions, well, those 15 goal contributions came across 15 games as well. So you didn't get like any braces or he didn't get any, he didn't have any goals and assists within one game. And that for me suggests he's got potential to hit high PB scores next season because he'd hit six PB scores over 200. So I personally think he's got a better chance of earning match day dividends uh, in this upcoming season. So he's one just because I think he's a really good value. Um, went for a few Federico DeMarca, as I just mentioned. Again, I think he's going to earn some dividends at some point over the next few years. And then I picked up a few in-play dividends players. I mean, the first ones I bought, actually, the first players I bought really rocketed. I sent you that screenshot because I was really pleased with myself. But like Neymar, Dennis Biwanga, Gaetan on the board, and they all just went crazy. Uh, because I noticed that all the goalkeepers were rising and they were rising due to the in-play dividends. But the forwards in Liga Earn, who were like under 70p, or Dennis Biwanga, and I got a bit of luck, bit of luck with Biwanga because he got changed to a forward recently. But those sort of players who can get goals and assists weren't really rising. And compared to the keepers, they started to look really good value to me. So I just headed over to index game, found the players with the best stats, found the ones that I like personally and just loaded up, bought a load. And I've sold most of them since straight to the market for like 10%, 20% profit. Um, and then I've got Neymar still and I'm going to sell him when, uh, when I want to buy some other players because he's already up quite a bit for me. So I'm just selling to the market and then buy some others. Yeah, I think a lot of money went into the like peak premium players but we talked about on the day that the announcement was on that i think a lot of the benefit was for lower end players really with the silver and bronze match day increases and the ipd increases so i kind of focused more on the really cheap end of the market like trying to get bids matched for players at 20p who could potentially on a bronze or silver day win a dividend yeah you said kevin malcoot is that how you say his name malcoot i think Malquitz, so he played today, did he, in a friendly? He played for Napoli, yeah, and he was out like the whole season with an injury and I've been picking him up for like 21 to 22p. And I think when he was playing the season before, I, I don't remember exactly where he was playing, somewhere in France, but he had some pretty good scores and I think he used to play for France as well. I, I was reading something today that's saying he, he hopes he still has a France career, so I'm assuming that means he played for them before. Yeah, well, one top defender for him under the new structure would be a 4P payout. If you're getting him at 20p, obviously you're getting like a what, 20% return straight away in one game. And, and and his spread was like 50% that I was getting him for. So if he was to win a defender, then I'm assuming his spread would close to his buy price almost. Yeah, it probably would. So it's not so a bad shot. Yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm trying to trade the spread still on the like lower end of the market. Yeah, right. How's that going? He's been 
selling any players lately as well. Just corner. I only really, I'm just looking for opportunities to get out of players who at market sell. So I don't have many French French players. That's definitely the most un, underrepresented league in my portfolio. Yeah. I don't really know much about their players in, at all either. So, Well, well uh, another one that I had that I managed to get rid of at market sale, which I was really happy with, was uh, Lexi Mirinchuk as well, because he's just absolutely rocketed this week. So I've not really managed to get these players to sell at their peak prices, I have to be honest, but I'm getting them on their rise. And a market selling them. I think I could have been a little bit more patient just because there is so much enthusiasm at the moment. Maybe I should have held off a, maybe a day or two more for Buanga and Mirin but I've still managed to sell them at, you know, 20, 30% profits. Uh, so I'm really pleased with that one as well. But I think at the moment, because the spreads are quite wide on a lot of players, and as you said there, you're getting some Kevin Malquit who could be playing for Napoli next season at 20p by the matching engine. If you can sell the players who are in demand, sell them to the market, you're going to be able to use that money elsewhere and probably make even better returns if you just wait a couple of weeks. Yeah, and um, Mirren Chuck's just signed for Atalanta, I think, by the way. He has, yeah. It was a really good signing there. I'm not too surprised that he's moved to a PB league because he's done really well over in Russia and he's part of the Russia national team as well. Um, and he really suits the PB matrix. I've said this so many times since podcast, but when I was on Instat, he was the number one player for me that had all the underlying player characteristics, you know, like crossing, getting goals, assists, key passes. Um, he really stood out and I think he'll do well at Atalanta. It's just... They've obviously got really good midfielders as well that he's going to have to compete with for set pieces. They've got like Malinowski, Ilicic, Alejandro Gomez. Even Mario Pasalic is a good player who can get goals there. So I'm not sure if he's going to be the main dominant midfielder and hit the highest PB scores within that midfield. And that's why I ended up market selling him. If he does do really well there, then maybe I'll buy back in. Yeah, and I think... At this point, just being able to sell a player to market at full price and then potentially bid for them a week later at a lower price is worthwhile anyway. But then for me, if I can sell like Corne at full price and then buy some of the players I'm bidding on now at 50% of their buy price, then it just makes sense to take the opportunities to sell. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's good trading if you ask me, but I'm not doing it perfectly and... As I say, I don't know everything. I can't believe I didn't know about the in-play dividends. I feel really, really daft for not knowing that they weren't 10 times. But I also feel really grateful that I've managed to sell my guy on the boards to the market at a good price. And same with like Buanga, because I was kind of buying them, thinking that they'd rise for the 10 times payouts. And they're not even, it's, it's not even 10 times payouts at the minute. So I don't know why people are buying the board at 69p uh, for 5p payout. I don't think he's a bad hold and I think it's decent value, but it's just, for me, that seems a crazy rise. Or maybe people just hadn't bought him soon enough. Maybe he was just crazily undervalued at 50p a week ago. Well, I think the um, the five times in play finishes at the end of September anyway, doesn't it? So if you buy him now, then you might still have eligibility when there is 10, 10, 10p in play dividends for those couple of games. Yeah, he will. He will get the... Uh, he will be eligible, but I'm pretty sure. So if that comes in, that comes in when the Premier League starts, right? I'm not sure. 
I, I don't. I just remember looking at the date, and I thought it said the twelfth of September, but I've not checked because I'm I. Sure. I think it was the twelfth of September, ready for the start of the Premier League season. And if so, that for me indicates that it's the Premier League forwards that may be best value, or Premier League midfielders who can contribute with goals and assists, especially the cheap ones. One player you might like, and I wouldn't buy him personally, but Mark Brighton actually had a pretty good game today for Leicester. He was playing right midfield playing some very nice passes into Jamie Vardy. 25p market price, instant sell price, 12p. I did think of you, actually. Well, I wouldn't buy I wouldn't buy him just because he's too old and I don't think he plays regularly enough. Yeah. Players like Rajan Angolan, they're the kind of players that I like who are older, who yeah. play every week and tend to be like the focal point of the team. Yeah, fair play. Um, it's only because he's, you know, he's cheap and he has got a chance of him playing dividends. And there will be players in the Premier League there that I think will rise over the next few weeks to be fair just because the money's been going into league earn so much but in two weeks time I really do think the Premier League will be absolutely rocking uh, but anyway it's been quite a long podcast I think we'll probably wrap it up here any any final words or anything you want to talk about no no that's it good to chat with you again and I'll probably be back next week awesome mate thanks so much for coming on I really do appreciate your time so that's it for today's episode thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a great rest of your day